right, we are live on 41 Strong. Thank you for participating today in the 41 Strong podcast. We do our best to deliver encouraging scriptures and stories to help you hold on and stand strong during your seasons of setback and struggle, unforeseen circumstances, storms, all of the above. We know that life is filled with challenges, but we serve a God who is greater than anything we may encounter. So for those of you that are new to the 41 Strong Podcast and you're wondering what the 41 means, I'm the author of a book that we published called 41 Will Come, Holding On and Standing Strong. Oftentimes in Scripture, the number 40 represents a season of trial, a season of waiting, but the number 41 on day 41 or year 41 is the second chance, the new beginning, a new chapter. So a couple examples, Goliath challenged Israel for 40 days for somebody to fight him, and on day 41, David slew Goliath. The nation of Israel, they wandered a wilderness for 40 years. 41 came in a new generation entered the promised land. Several other examples, but you've got to get the book and check that out. All right, you can go to my website for more information at chuckytate.com, chuckytate.com. But right now, we're going to get into today's topic. Again, four ways. This is what we're going to talk about today. Four ways to fly the W over your seasons of struggle and setback. Four ways to fly the W over your seasons of struggle and setback. So before we even get to those four things, I want to establish who God is, because that's ultimately who we're putting our trust in. And um, a few weeks ago, we did a series at the church that I lead, Rock Church, called The Great I Am. And I want to begin by just setting up the story of Moses, because we're going to eventually end up where Moses led the children of Israel in a battle against the Amalekites. And it's a very interesting way that God delivered that victory. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But let me, let me set up this story. The children of Israel, God's people, they were in bondage for more than 400 years to Egypt. They were slaves to the Egyptians. The Pharaoh that was in place was, was wicked. And then the next one was wicked. And it was just generation after generation of slavery because Pharaoh felt threatened because God was blessing the Israelites. You know, several, you know, several generations prior to this moment, um, the Israelites had favor with Pharaoh because of Joseph. But then when a new Pharaoh came along and the Israelites began to blossom and multiply, um, it went south from there. And the Pharaoh that was on the scene when God used Moses to rescue the people of Israel, here's what happened. He was so um, just, just threatened by the Israelites that they began to murder the baby boys. And because of this, Moses was put into a basket as a baby. His sister Miriam floated him down the Nile River. Pharaoh's daughter found him. So because of that, Moses was raised um, as an Egyptian, even though he was a Hebrew, was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. But one day after Moses was grown, he saw a slave master mistreating one of the Hebrew slaves, one of his fellow people. He was so upset that the scripture says in Exodus that he, that he killed him. And after he killed him, he fled and he ran and he hid. 
and it just wasn't for a few weeks, 40 years, he hid on the backside of a desert, never returned to Egypt. He was married and ended up a new life as a shepherd. But one day, God spoke to Moses in a burning bush and commissioned him to be the rescuer of Israel, ushered in this second chance. So for 40 years, hiding, 41 came, and he received a second chance. I know that some of you watching and listening today, you need a second chance. You feel that your life is over because some of the mistakes that you've made. The good news is God does not have to consult with your past to map out your future. God can usher in a new beginning, a second chance, if we will, we will trust him. And here's what happened, though. When God commissioned Moses, Moses tried to talk God out of it. He felt inadequate. He was insecure. Obviously, to go back and stand before Pharaoh to represent God's people created a lot of tension. He had not been back now for more than 40 years. And now to go back and stand before Pharaoh, he was intimidated didn't feel qualified. And I know some of you don't feel qualified. Some of you don't feel like God could use you because of what you have done. The good news is we serve a God of grace and mercy and second chance. So maybe that's all you needed to hear today is that God wants to use you, that he loves you. He has a plan for you and you don't have to talk him out of it. Cause here's the thing. If God calls you to do something, he qualifies you. He will empower you. He will have your back. And we find all throughout the book of Exodus how God had Moses' back. All right? He has your back. He loves you. All right? So here's what happened. At the burning bush, when God commissioned him, Moses said this to God. Hey, this is in fact Exodus chapter 3. You don't have to turn there, but Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, Moses says this in response. Okay, let's say I'm in. And I'm going to represent you. I'm going to be the rescuer. When I go to the Israelites, if they're going to get behind me, they're going to want to know who is sending me. What am I supposed to tell them? All right? I just show up and say, hey, I'm the rescuer of Israel. Who should I say sent me? God says this. He says, tell them I am who I am. Tell them I am am sent me the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I am. They'll know who you're talking about. They will follow you. You just have to be willing to step out. I am. We serve the great I am. So today when we give here a little bit later on in this podcast, four ways to fly the W over our circumstance, over our struggles, we need to know that the great I am is greater than anything that we encounter no matter how big, no matter how small, whatever the circumstance is. Because here's the deal. Jesus is the great I am. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Right? Jesus said this, Before Abraham was even born, I am. What name did God give Moses to tell the people, I am. When Jesus showed up from heaven to earth and rocked the manger after he began his ministry around age 30, when confronting the religious leaders of his day, he spoke in John 8, 58, before Abraham was born, I am. There were signs in the Old Testament that pointed to Jesus as the Messiah in the New Testament. But the religious leaders who had the Old Testament memorized, they missed it. We don't want to miss it. We believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
Verse 14 says, the word was made flesh and came and dwelled among us. What's that talking about? Who is that talking about? It's talking about Jesus. So we put our trust in him, the great I am. During the series we did at our church called The Great Adam, we went through several of the names of God. I'm just going to give you a few today. El Elyon, he's the most high God. El Olam, the everlasting God. He's Elohim, creator God. Jehovah, Mikudishkim, the sanctifier. He's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the God of more than enough. He's Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace, Jehovah Sikandu, the Lord my righteousness, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. But today, for the remaining time we have on this podcast, we're going to talk about Jehovah Nisi, all right? That's not a foreign car. What are you driving at Jehovah Nisi? No, this is, we're talking about a name of God, Jehovah Nisi. And it's translated as the Lord, my banner of victory. All right. And after we talk about Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner of victory, we're going to give you four ways to fly the W over your seasons of struggle and setback. But I want to go to Exodus chapter 17. This is where God is going to introduce himself to the Israelites as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, their banner of victory. But let me back up a little bit. I already shared how Moses was commissioned. Here's what happened. After Moses led the people through the Red Sea on dry ground, three days later, the people, they were ready to lynch Moses. They were ready to kill him. They turned on him only three days after being rescued because they were thirsty. They went straight from the Red Sea into the desert. They plundered Egypt, one of the greatest miracles of all time. The Red Sea was split. They went through. Pharaoh and his army chased them. They drowned. The Israelites rejoiced. They wrote a song. Man, the horse and rider have been thrown into the sea. Our God, the great I am, has rescued us. Man, everything is great, right? Man, we feel good on the mountaintop. But just three days later, they were ready to turn against Moses because they were thirsty. You know, it, it, it's kind of hard to fathom that, but we do the same thing. Sometimes we experience uh, a miracle, but then our next setback shows up out of nowhere, and we wonder, God, where are you at? And that's exactly what was going on in their hearts. And, of course, God did a miracle, and Moses threw a piece of wood into the bitter water, and they were able to drink good water, and that's where he established himself as Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals you. you got to trust me, all right? I led you through a body of water through the middle of it on dry ground. I can, I'm going to provide water for you. I'm going to provide clothing for you. I'm going to supply your needs. I'm also El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. But time after time, they turned against God. They complained. They forgot. They were really quick to forget the good things that God did when they were in the middle of a bad circumstance. So we don't want to do that. We can learn what not to do by reading the book of Exodus and seeing what the Israelites did. All right, so that brings us to this story today. While they were in the wilderness, they got attacked. Just like as you're going through life, all right, today is a Tuesday, and maybe you've already been attacked this week. The good news is you can still raise the flag of victory to the top of your flagpole. You can fly the W, and we're going to tell you how in just a moment. But let me read this. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. 
It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek, this enemy, all right, enemy warriors, shows up and attacks them. So Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight. You're going to fight against the army of Amalek for us. Now tomorrow, Moses said, I'm going to go and I'm going to stand on top of the mountain holding the staff of God, which is like a banner, all right, like flying the W, we'll get to that, all right, I'm going to hold this banner in my hand. So the enemy shows up out of nowhere, they get attacked, Moses appoints Joshua to lead the Israelites in battle against the enemy, all right, today perhaps you are fighting a very real enemy, all right, God has empowered you, he's equipped you, and he's going to help you as we trust him. Moses had to trust. He had to hold up the staff of God. This is the same staff that he stretched out over the Red Sea. This is the same staff that he threw on the ground in Pharaoh's palace, and it turned into a snake. It was just an ordinary stick, but that ordinary stick, when offered to God, became a staff of God. So today, here's just a little bonus. What do you got in your hand? What are you willing to offer to God? God is going to help you through your season of setback and struggle. So here's what happened. Again, we're in Exodus chapter 17, verse 10. It says, So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, you know, um, I don't know why a guy's name is Hur. I'm just going to stop there for a moment. And I know uh, I'm talking to Mike, our producer here. Mike, I don't know. Why is a guy's name Hur? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> uh, he doesn't know either. So meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur they climbed to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, as long as he held it up, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So hands up, win, hands down, lose. We can learn from that. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So Moses' arms, they soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding his hands up. So his hands held steady until sunset, and as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, this is what God said to Moses. He said, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder. We don't want to forget what I did today. That's really what God was saying. Why? Because when they came to their next battle, it would be easier to fight if they remembered what God did previously. Right? We can learn so much from this. So he said this, write it down so the people remember. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And it says Moses, he did what he was supposed to, and then he built an altar. And this is what he named it. Yahweh Nisi. No way, Yahweh, all right? Yahweh Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner of what? The Lord is my banner of victory, all right? He is Jehovah Nisi. Another translation says, he is the Lord gives me victory. That's 
the God that you serve today. For those of you that are listening, for those of you that are watching, let's just stop right there. Let's allow that to fuel your faith today. The Lord is the Lord who gives me victory. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. That means today God has already raised the flag of victory to the top of the flagpole in your circumstances. That's who he is. That's his, that's his name. He is the Lord, my banner of victory. So the key as you're going through your battle today is to purpose in your heart that you won't quit, that you won't throw down the towel, that you won't lay down. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing good. I'll stop right there for a second. We do get tired sometimes when we're doing good. Sometimes I know that you feel like you're doing the right thing, but everything wrong is happening. Sometimes you question whether it's worth it or not to keep serving God because you've said something like this before. You know what? I'm, I'm paying my tithes. I go to church. I pray. But you know what? Everything's unraveling. Everything's going wrong. Why should, he, I, why should I even keep serving God if everything's going bad? Why should I keep doing good? Here's why. Because Galatians 6 says this. Don't get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. All right? Not according to your timeline. All right, according to his timeline, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If, if, say that out loud, if, if I won't give up, God will raise the flag of victory to the top of my flagpole. He's going to fly the W. He's going to fly that banner. So don't get tired of doing good. Keep doing the right thing. Sometimes you do the right thing and everything unravels. Sometimes you do the right thing and you end up in prison. Joseph did the right thing. He made the right decision, but ended up in prison. You know what? He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't blame God. He was forgotten about for 13 years by people, but not God. And then God elevated him to be the leader of all of Egypt. The only one more powerful than Joseph was Pharaoh. He was sold into slavery by his brothers Again, didn't do anything wrong. Ended up in Potiphar's house. God blessed Potiphar's house because of Joseph. Everything was going great. Wow. I mean, it's bad enough to be sold into slavery on eBay by your brothers. But the next thing you know, hey, God's blessing you. But then he was framed for rape. He didn't do it. He, he ran away from the temptation. He didn't give in to the temptation. He ran from it. And because of it, ended up in prison. He could have turned his back on God. He didn't. He trusted God, and God gave him favor even in prison. And then he elevated him to the very top. He went from the pit to the prison to the palace. Why? Because he didn't quit. The Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians, we will reap a harvest of blessing. It will get better in God's timing if we won't quit, if we don't give up. You know, I want you to think for a moment. Uh, about 9-11. So for those of you that are, that are listening and, and you were uh, around in, in 9-11, you probably remember exactly what you were doing. My wife and I were home. We were getting ready to go out of town and we heard about the towers getting hit in New York City. And we turned on the television and we were glued to the TV and we just sat there for hours. We, we still went out of town, but we left later than we anticipated because we could not take our eyes off the television set. It was horrific what happened to our nation. But what was pretty awesome after the attacks 
was how our country rallied together. Our president rallied everyone together. And there was a sense of unity that I don't think we've had since then. I mean, today we live in a, a divided country. It's bad, right? We need to pray about that, right? But after 9-11, the country came together because of the flag, right? Soldiers, they were inspired and empowered by, by the flag. Our nation was an inspired by the flag. We were empowered by the flag. Well, check this out. We serve Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our flag of victory, the Lord, our banner of victory. So don't hang your head today. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. What is your battle? What is your struggle? What is your setback? What are you going through today? Some of you, you need a financial miracle and you need it today. Some of you, you need healing in your body today. Some of you, you need a miracle in your marriage today. You need a relationship reconciled today. You need something restored today. You've been doing the right thing. You've been doing the good thing, but yet nothing seems to be getting better and you are tired and you feel like just laying down and saying, I don't got any left. I'm done. If you will trust God, he is going to raise that flag of victory to the top of your flagpole. Psalm 60 verse 4 says, but you have raised a banner for those who fear you. For those who respect and rever God or an awe of God, love God, all right? You have raised the banner, a rallying point in the face of attack. So if you are in the middle of attack, the message today is don't quit. Why? Because God is flying the W in your life, in your circumstances. You know, several years ago, um, man, it's been, a, it's been a long time ago. Um, you can Google this and, and, and watch the video. But there was a game um, against, um, I, I, it's been like, like 16, 17 years ago, I believe. I, I don't even re remember. But it was the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan, so my apologies about that. All right, um, to those of you that are, are whatever fans, all right? But it was the Cowboys and the 49ers. They were playing in Texas Stadium. And here's what happened. Um, Terrell Owens, who would later play for the Cowboys, at this time was playing for the 49ers. He scored a touchdown, so he ran to the middle of the field where the star logo is at the 50-yard line, right in the center. And he took the ball and he spiked it to dishonor the star, almost like dishonoring the flag, right? Just, you know, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys symbol, right? He said, take that. I scored a touchdown in your house. Bam. And he spiked the ball down right in the middle of the field. So here's what happened. Not too long after that, Emmett Smith, the all-time leading rusher in NFL history, right? He scored a touchdown. So he said, not in my house. So he ran to the center of the field and he took the ball and he got down on his knee and he slammed the ball down as if to say, this is our house, right? This is, this is our flag, right? This is, this is, this is, this is our star, right? It was a sense, of, a sense of pride, and the crowd went crazy. Well, then here's, here's what happened. Um, Tara Owens scored another touchdown. <laughs> so where do you think he went? Straight to the center of the field. He went, and he was about to spike the ball again, and right before he could spike the ball, I believe it was Teague, who played for the Cowboys, came running up and just crushed him and laid him out as if to say, not in my house. It was awesome, all right? Whether you're a Cowboys fan or 49ers fan, it, does, it, was, just, it was just awesome. He was defending their star. Well, check this out. 
in your life, you're in a battle, you're in a circumstance, and the enemy has just tried to spike the ball in the middle of your home, right? Well, guess what? Jesus has already come along. He's already won. He has already, he, he comes in to have your back, to knock the enemy down, and to raise that flag of victory to the top of the flagpole. You know, when he established himself as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, he established himself as the winner. We already won because of the price that Jesus already paid. Whenever a professional sports team wins a championship, what goes up in the stadium as a reminder? A banner. A banner of victory. All right, the Golden State Warriors. My son is is fascinated with Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. All right, on opening night, they raise the banner of victory because they won the NBA Finals last year. Congratulations to the Houston Astros who just won the World Series. You can guarantee a banner is going up where they play, right? In their stadium, a banner is going to be raised to remember the victory that they had, all right? Jesus already won the victory on our behalf. There is a banner that we have to look to. So I'm going to give you, as we wrap this up, four ways to fly the W over your seasons of struggle and setback. All right? Number one, plant plant your flag. All right? I mean, just declare by faith, you know, I'm going to plant my flag today right in the middle of my circumstances. I'm not going to live according to how I feel. I'm going to plant the flag. Remember what's in your hand. God said to Moses, what's in your hand? He had that staff. And when he offered it to God, God used it. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. We're going to give it to God. So we're going to take our flagpole and we're just going to plant it right in the middle of our circumstances because it's a flag of victory. That's who he is. He's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner. He's your banner of victory. So plant the flag. Number two, all right, you got to keep your hands up. You're in the middle of a battle. You're in the middle of a fight, and you've got to keep your hands up. This is a form of surrender. This is saying, God, this is not my battle. This is your battle, and if it's your battle, I win, right? You try to fight it on your own. Without God, you're going to lose every time. This is his battle, so we want you to hold up your hands. That's what I need to do in the middle of the battle that I'm in right now. I've got to hold up my hands. I got that flagpole there. I'm flying the W. I got my hands up. I am surrendered to God, saying, God, this is not my battle. It's your battle, not by my might. Not by my power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. The Scripture says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against the enemy. He is going to raise that flag of victory to the top of your flagpole. Number three, got to find somebody who's going to help hold up our arms. It's hard to go through a battle by yourself. Moses had to have help holding up his arms because his arms got tired. That's why Aaron and her sat him on a stone. They stood on each side of him, and they held up his arms. And as long as his arms were held up, the Israelites had the advantage. So today, holding up your arms is also a stance of faith saying, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to throw in the towel. But sometimes we have to surround ourselves with people who are going to help hold our arms up because there's times where we get discouraged. This is why we were created for community. This is why it's important to be in church and not get out of the habit of meeting together for worship because we need to encourage each other. We need people. I need people in my life that are going to hold up my arms. I have, uh, my wife and I have been 
pastoring the same church for more than 19 years, all right, that we planted a long, long time ago. The only way we have made it this far is because we have surrounded ourselves with people who believe in our vision, who believe in us, who love us, who are willing to help hold up our arms. We're surrounded by a, a great team of people, so we need to find people. Who was that for you? Who do you need to go to to have help hold, hold up your arms? All right, and then number four, the last way to fly the W over your seasons of struggle and setback is to trust God. You have to keep trusting God. In fact, the scripture says time and time again, those who trust will not be moved. Those who trust will not be moved. Trust who? Trust God, bro, right? We got to trust God, all right? As we trust him, he is the one who is going to help us win. All right? So don't quit. Don't hang your head. Fly the W. All right? Like the Cubs did after they won the World Series last year. After every game, they fly the devil. What's the hash? The, um, fly the W, not the devil. Fly the W. <laughs> Hashtag fly the W. If you're a Cubs fan, then you understand that. If you're not a Cubs fan, if, it's all good. Every time the Cubs win, people fly a flag with a W on it. God wants you to fly the W over your life. Whether you're a Cubs fan or Cardinals fan or a Houston Astros fan, it doesn't matter. Fly the W. Trust God. Don't quit. Greater is he who's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. All right. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we just thank you so much for everybody that's listening and watching today. God, there are so many people that are in a battle. They're in a struggle. They feel weighted down by unforeseen circumstances. And I just pray today that they will trust you. They'll put their faith in you. They'll plant that flag, lift up their arms. God, surround themselves with people that will help them and help hold their arms up as they trust you. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, like a flood, you are going to raise a banner of victory. So we thank you, God, no matter how we feel, no matter what our circumstances are, we win because you have our back. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to 41 Strong today. For more information, again, go to ChuckyTate.com. ChuckyTate.com. I also want to give a shout out to our Periscope viewers today. All right. Bless you guys. And, um, and also to our Facebook Live viewers. You guys rock. All right, for our producer, Mike Sable, I'm Chuck Tate. We'll see you next week. PeoriaLife.com.